What up? What's good, everybody? Hey, shout out to my boy Gunner for the beat, man. Bringing us, bringing us onto the show right with the beats. Shout out to Gun Show. Appreciate everybody listening. Man, episode one, the inaugural episode, the beginning. Let's get to it, Walkers. Your boy Chris Bolton, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Walker Bailey. What's going on, Walker? Not much, man. Not much. Excited to get underway, talk some college hoops, and kind of set our expectations for the 2021 season, or at least begin to, because it's going to be a good one. Oh, it's going to be a crazy season. This has been the making for a minute. We've been working. We came. We we're so happy to finally be here, Walker. I can't believe this day is here, man. We we've been, we had these conversations all the time, either Facetime, texting. As soon as some news hit, we're texting each other about what's going on. Now we're finally here on the pod ready to make it happen. One Shine Podcast, let's get it going, man. So to get the, uh, to get the season started, get the first episode started, we figured, you know, why not hit on the big schools real quick, give our predictions, who we think will come out of the top, you know, the big six, the power six conferences in college basketball. So uh, you have in mind, what conference do you want to start with, Walker? I'm going I'm to I'm 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 give the assist to you, you know. Uh, All right, let's uh, go. Okay, Here's how we'll do it. We'll go alphabetically. We'll, we won't show any favoritism. We'll go okay. alphabetically. We'll right. start with the ACC. The ACC it is. Um, of course, always known as a powerhouse conference for um, basketball. I mean, for years, we know about the dominance of the North Carolinas, the Dukes. Uh, you have some, every now and then, every blue moon, Wake Forest might make some noise or Georgia Tech or NC State might make some noise, but for years, as always, do North Carolina. Lately, Virginia has been holding down the fort, making you know, doing great in uh, winning national championship, uh, perennial number one seed. So they established themselves as a power. Now, this is like a new era of ACC basketball. Coach K, his last go around, you know, this is his uh, his season, his last hoorah. Uh, of course, Roy Williams recently retired. No longer at uh, Carolina. Hubert Davis holding it down. Another Car- a Carolina man taking the reins as the head coach there. Who do you see coming out of the ACC winning the conference? It's Coach K's last run. I can't not take Duke. Uh, the recruiting class was awesome this year. Uh, Paolo Banchero is going to kind of lead that bunch. And, a bucket. Uh, yeah, and he's an automatic bucket. And, uh, you know, I like them to come out of the ACC. Uh, some of those traditional powers you talked about, North Carolina, Virginia, will be good. Um, it just doesn't look like they're true national title contenders right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to Duke, who, right, you know, it's a it's a Final Four bunch. It's a team that can make the Final Four. It's a team that can win the national championship. Oh, yes. Keep, it's Coach K's last run. Um, you, know, I, you know I love Duke. That's my team. So, yeah. I know, yeah. I'm going down the rabbit hole there. and. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's a strong – I like what Florida State has. I think Florida State could be uh, a contender in the ACC. But, uh, for me, it's Dukes to lose. I think there's just too much talent and they're too well coached to not get the job done in Coach K's last run. Definitely. Um, I'm glad you gave some love and, uh, you know, a shout-out to head coach Leonard Hamilton out there at Florida State. Uh, You can't talk enough about what he's done um, and what he's established there over the years, just year in and year out, talent coming out of Florida State and year in and year out, those guys overachieve, you know, every year they're, they're underrated and those guys overachieve, uh, had a great season last year and they're putting guys in the NBA now, but 
Yeah, man. It's this is Duke's year. This is Duke's year. You have two extremely talented forwards on this team with uh, Paolo and then also AJ Griffin. Um, I love AJ Griffin. I think he's an extremely smart player already as a freshman coming in that jumps off the charts, his athleticism, his frame, he's built like a 25 year old five, six year NBA vet already at age 18. I mean, the guy's extremely talented and already has a good, good touch. He's, he reminds me a lot of Jimmy Butler. He's going to go out there, defend, play hard-nosed defense, and can create as well as a solid passer, high IQ player. Very much reminds me of Jimmy Butler, but with even more athleticism. So I expect big things from this Duke team. Be I patient can, with them, though. Be patient. Give them a minute. To. Let them figure it out. If they drop a non-conference game, that's silly. Like, don't just, like, jump off and it's like, ah, you know – these guys said it's a national it's a national title contender no matter who they lose to in the non-con unless they really just, like, bottom out. And that's just not going to happen. There's just too much talent on that roster and too much to play for this year in Coach K's last round. Exactly. That's another added uh, incentive. You know, these guys want to go balls to the wall to try to send Coach K off the right way. And uh, you, they bring back some very talented guys, too. Wendell Moore Jr., he's returning. Jeremy Roach, he's a talented guy on the perimeter. Mark Williams. He was a highly rated prospect at big for the, uh, when he came into college. So there's some guys, man, it's, it's just Duke. You know they're going to be very talented, four-star, five-stars across the board. It's just a matter of that youth and that talent can uh, pull it all together. And I think they will at least to win the conference. So uh, I'm riding with Duke as well. All right, let's keep keep things rolling. Uh, let's go into the, the Big Ten. All right, bet. You know where I'm going. <laughs> I'll start off this one. So yeah. uh, my pick to come out the Big Ten, I'm I'm rolling with the Wolverines. I'm rolling with Michigan. Uh, this team, this Michigan team, they lost some guys. Of course, uh, you lose your livers, your your Wagner's, but man, they they're still loaded. They're still loaded. They uh, let's just go through the lineup. They have some a good transfer coming in, Devontae Jones. So he's going to be able to come in and fill that point guard role out of uh, Coastal Carolina, average 19 points a game. So don't worry about the scoring at the guard play, Walker. He's going to come <laughs> in and provide that. <laughs> you also you also return Eli Brooks, uh, a sniper, your prototypical 3 and D guy. He's going to cause hell on defense and just get in ball handlers' faces and just make it tough for them. Caleb Houston. Uh, one of the best players, I believe he was ranked fifth in the ESPN top 100. He's a guy that I expect to be a lottery pick this year, versatile for game smooth as butter. He's going to be big time and kind of feel, be able to be that Wagner for them. But I also think add even more on the offensive side of the ball. And then Brandon Johns Jr., just your prototypical glue guy. He's just going to hustle nuts. He's going to go out there, play hard, do do all the dirty work and be that glue guy that every championship team has. And Hunter uh, Dickinson, we know what he can do down low. He's he's a freight train down low, the interior score, um, you know, uh, your, your big country, per se. One of those, those guys that's just out there that's a hard-nosed dog and has some touch around the rim, too. Averaged 14 points a game last year. He might even average 16, 17 this season. So I think they have all the pieces you need to win the conference. And so, 
I think they've got the pieces, but you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, like I'll you kind of hinted on it. I'm not sold on the guard play. I think like in order to be a national title contender, you have to be explosive with guards. And mm-hmm. I think they've got good ones there. And I like, I think they have national championship level guards. There's just a set of guards I like better. So I'm going to take you to West Lafayette, Indiana. And we're going to go because <laughs> um, everybody's back, everybody relevant is back. Um, so you've got Travion Williams, which was a huge get. He declared for the draft, didn't get what he wanted in the draft mm-hmm. process, and is coming back. He was a 15 and a half points per game scorer and was a workhorse down low. So you know exactly what you're getting there. I think the bigger name to talk about this year, and I'll go ahead and I think he's an All American, and we can talk about Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. He was an 11.1 points per game scorer last year, if I remember right. Right mm-hmm. in that 11 12 range, I think this year it's going to be a jump into the 17 18 range, and he's going to be mm-hmm. the workhorse for this team. I think this is a guy that's going to improve his jump shot. And as he played with the team USA, like I think it was the under 19s, um, this offseason, he looked like a completely different player. So you get Stefanovic back, you've got Jaden Ivey, you've got the 7 4 guy coming off the bench, you've got all these pieces at Purdue. I, you know, my question is just going to be, can Matt Painter finally get it right and finally, you know, get this team and deliver the mm-hmm. final four that this team is capable of? Because it seems like in the tournament, historically, he's been one to like. They've that. had loaded teams, yes. Yeah, this they've had the loaded teams. Loaded. Yeah. This is their best roster, I think, that he's ever had. And that says a lot because the Carson Edwards team was loaded. And I think this is the best roster they've ever had. I think they've got enough to win the conference. I kind of think it runs through West Lafayette. Uh, I would say that Michigan's another one where, like, there's a lot of new pieces there and you're going to have to let them kind of get right. I don't really think I'm running into that with Purdue. I think I'm kind of running into a team that's already played together. Mm -hmm. They've got some continuity, and continuity isn't everything. It's important, but it's not everything. The important thing here is that I have star power with the continuity. Like, I've got guys coming back, and I know exactly what I'm going to get. Jaden Ivey's floor is good enough for them to be a top three team in the conference. If he hits the ceiling, I think he's going to hit, then they're good enough to win the whole damn thing. I agree. I agree. Jay Navi's a stud and, you know, he's somebody I will not be surprised when, you know, end of the season, first team, all big 10, all those guys are named. And all American, yeah. all American. He's going to be an all American. All right. You heard it from Walker, all American Jaden Ivy. Now let's keep things rolling. Let's go to the big East. All right. Uh, I think this will be short and simple. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and listen, this isn't a knock on everybody else. I just think Villanova's roster is better than everybody else here. Connecticut's good, and I actually really like Danny Hurley. Mm-hmm. I just think when you're replacing someone like James Booknight, it's so hard to – it's so hard to set lofty expectations when you have, like, a Fortune 500 company at Villanova. You know, Colin Gillespie is back off the ACL. So, right. you know, they're going to have a point guard that's going to be able to run things for Jay Wright, which is always so important. You know they're going to be able to shoot. You know they're going to be able to defend. Like, yeah. there's just so many things that you know. With defense Jay isn't the question when it comes to Villanova. Right. There's just so many things you know you're going to get with Jay Wright and Villanova that all of these other teams have such glaring questions. Preseason, I don't know how you can pick anyone other than Villanova. Like, if you told me UConn was really, really good, like – yeah, like I can buy it. I love Danny Hurley. I think that they're building something there. I don't think that they can replace enough of that star power that Book Knight brought to challenge Villanova. It's going to take a year. It's going to take a season. 
Yeah, and like, and I only talked about UConn. Like, there's some other teams in there, like Providence and Seton Hall, St. John's, whoever else you want to throw out there. Yeah, like, Brighton. it's just none of them really just have enough to kind of challenge for that for that throne. Like, I mean, they've gained that throne, and, and, they, and they haven't proven it for us to be like, okay, preseason, I'm picking them over Villanova. Either. Right, and it's just when you have stuff like that, it's. I like Villanova. I think they've got a good roster too. They recruited really well again last year. So, and the guard and the guard play is going to be strong. And when you're coaching and your guard play is really strong, I mean, it's really easy to like you. So, you know, they've got a good one. And I know they lost JRE after last year, but uh, that I They'll he was an impactful player, but he's not irreplaceable. Exactly, I agree. Um... I have nothing more to add about Villanova. I mean, you hit on it. They're going to play defense. They're going to shoot the ball. And they have the pieces in place. Gillespie returning back to full health is going to be big time. You know, he, he he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the, the straw that stirs the drink. You know, if, if he's rolling and, and is the player you know, that we believe he is, this team possibly can work their way to making a Final Four. That would not surprise me. So, um, no, and I mean, and we talked about this before the show, like, and we're going to give our final fours later. There's like, I mean, there's like 15 to 20 teams that are candidates to make the final four. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when, and so when you listen to this and your team is not in the final four, that doesn't mean we don't think they can make the final (laughs) four. Like, I'll kind of sneak preview. Like, Villanova is not in my final four. Villanova can win the national championship. <laughs> exactly. It's just right. Early on, there's just other rosters I like better. So, but this is a team like they're, they're going to be the favorite to win their conference. And given the state of the Big East, they're probably somewhere between a one and a three seed. And any team in that range can win the national title. Exactly. Like, you get the right bracket, the right matchups, and I mean, you're rolling. So, yep. All right. Uh, let's keep things. Speaking of rolling, let's keep it rolling to the Big 12. (laughs) You want to lead? Because I know we don't have the same pick. Yeah, I'll go ahead and lead. Um, Of course, for myself, coming out of the Big 12, I have Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk. I'm going with Kansas. I think the Jayhawks, they have uh, have the pieces there uh, to come out. Of course, you bring back David McCormick. He's going to have, speaking of All-Americans, I think he has a chance of being a first-team All-American this year. I think he's going to be a stud for the Jayhawks down low, a dominant big. He's going to be the uh, one of the keys to this team. How how great he plays is going to determine how far this team goes, as well as the Jayhawks got arguably the best transfer in the country with Remy Martin. He feels yeah. he feels a role there at, at PG for them. Dynamic guard can score a veteran player. He averaged 19 points a game last season. And that point guard was going to be the question for this team coming into the year. So you bring in him as a transfer to fill that role. That role. Also, you bring in Bobby Pettiford, a top 100 guy, freshman, ESPN top 100 point guard. He's going to be coming off the bench. I think there's a role for him on this team to be a, a floor general type. He's not the scorer that Remy is, but there is a role for him to fill. I think he's going to play a key part for this team. Uh, they have Braun, they have Wilson. He's a double-digit scorer. I think – give me Kansas. I know you're going to have somebody else, but I think with the the PG play with Martin and also the down-low presence with McCormick, I'm taking uh, Kansas. The biggest question with Kansas for me is, like, A, like – and this is going to be kind of a, like, 
it's like the Jeremiah Tillman question at Missouri last year. Can McCormick stay out of foul trouble enough to where his impact is felt? And then for Remy Martin, like my question about him is efficiency. Like a lot of times he would kind of get into shot jacking mode at Arizona State. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he lost them games. I'm just saying there were times where like there were ill-advised bad shots and like he just kind of loses feel for long stretches of time. And so like, it'll be interesting to see under Bill Self with a more loaded roster around him if he can't like kind of put it more together. I think he has no choice but to kind of reel it in and be more efficient. I think well, his, his game will be made State. easier. And the thing is, like, at Arizona, I say a more loaded roster, but, like, at Arizona State, like, Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley were there last year. Like, it's not like they weren't talented. He had Romella White, too, for years. Like, so, I mean, it's not like he hasn't had talent around him. It's just he's going to have to reel it in in a way that he hasn't done before. And it kind of – and I kind of wonder if it's not going to take some adjusting from him, like, and it's not going to take some time. That's the biggest thing you'll hear me talk about is you're going to have to get some stuff time. (laughs) We can't come in and – you can't knee jerk in week one or week two. Like these teams take time to gel. That's just that's really basketball, isn't it? Though Walker, you know how many times yeah. we've seen teams at the beginning of the season like this team is not it, and then they hit February and it's starting to all come and click together. And you're like, wow, okay, they really might make a run, and then they end up making a run. I feel like Kentucky is like that every year, and like we talk ourselves into the, you know, they win a few big non-con games, but they lose maybe a bad one or lose a big one. And then, like, they maybe lose a couple bad SEC games in January, and we start to talk ourselves out of Kentucky. And then come, like, the first weekend of March, like, right before the SEC tournament, they're Mm -hmm. just, like, drilling folks. Like, they're just, Mm -hmm. you know. And then they go and they run through. They call it the Big Blue Invitational in Nashville for a reason. Like, and it's because they typically always win that tournament. So, I mean, like, we do that with them every year. Kansas, you're just going to have to be patient. And the team I'm taking to win the Big 12 is one you're going to have to really be patient because there's seven transfers on this roster. And so I'm taking Texas. And, I again, I love the guard play. I'm going to talk about guard play. Mm-hmm. I love the guard play. You bring in – love the coach too. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. That, we'll get to that in a minute. You bring back your starting backcourt with uh, Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. That was already a backcourt that got you to an elite seating spot last year. And then you're going to add what I think was potentially the best guard transfer on the market in Marcus Carr. So you're three deep in the backcourt with really talented mm-hmm. players. Then you can add Kentucky transfer, Devin Askew, who was highly sought after. So you're two deep at both guard spots already. And like ask you bringing in ask you so that's a really really good pickup. I, I love Askew. yeah. I like he was and, too young. No, he was too young to handle what Calipari was asking him to do. And now, like under Beard, like and taking a smaller role is going to be able to take the time he needs in order to in order to like really blossom and develop. So you add those two guys, and then you go to the wing, and you add Nebraska transfer Timmy Allen. Vandy transferred Dylan Disu, and Disu was in Vandy at Vandy was really all they had outside of Scotty Pippen Jr. last year. Like mm-hmm. Disu was just one of the really actual solid pieces right there with that squad. Uh, he brings Avery Benson with him from Texas Tech, which is just kind of a solid glue guy that can play the three and the four. He's going to be further down the bench, but like that's fine. Like you need those guys. He's going to go in and rebound. He's going to defend. He's going to run your mm-hmm. offense. And all those guys fill the role. You, you don't need yeah. all just scoring. You need. And then you bring the in and you bring in Christian Bishop, who, who was part of Creighton's roster. Like he was a centerpiece of Creighton's roster. 
And Creighton was, you know, a five seed last year. You know, Marcus Zagorowski really ran that team, but Christian Bishop was a huge part of it too. And it felt like he got a lot of key moments and key shots for Creighton last year. And then you bring in UMass transfer Trey Mitchell, and that's going to solidify a lot of your depth down low after the departure of Trey Mitchell. I mean, of uh, Greg Brown, sorry, Trey Mitchell's incoming. But um, so, yeah, like you add all of that. You're super deep. You're also super talented. It's not just depth. And then, of course, like you said, it's the beard effect. Like everyone by come conference tournament time, come the end of the year, this group's going to be playing together. They're going to be playing in harmony because that's what Chris Beard does. He takes a lot of these pieces and he makes them fit and they're going to work. They're just, he's going to find a way to make them work together. And you damn sure know they're going to guard because if you don't guard, you won't play. That's how it works with him. So, you know, they're going to guard. They're going to be able to score. They've got a lot of scores. There's probably not an all American on this team because they're going to be really balanced because of how many options they have. But They've just, I mean, they've got a lot of dudes. And so, I feel like they can play any style of basketball as well. If you want to get up and down the floor and make this yeah, no, you game, wanna, they can do if that. If you want to sit down and and if you want to sit down and play in the 50s, like, all right, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like this team can get up and down too because it has so many guards where the depth isn't an issue and it has the shooting. Like, Timmy Allen's actually going to be a really underrated pickup because Nebraska hasn't been really good. But, like, if you watch Nebraska the last few years, if they're playing a good team, it's like, all right, can Timmy Allen get enough buckets to where they win this huge game? And, like, one or once or twice a year, Timmy Allen would get enough buckets. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I mean, he's going to be a really solid score for them too. It's just going to be interesting to see how they balance out all the options there. I mean, I think, you know, are you start – and it's all new. Like, mm-hmm. Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones started last year. But Marcus Carr is really, really good, too. And so that doesn't necessarily, like, write those two in And as the starting backcourt. The other thing that uh, they're going to be able to do is they're going to be able to adjust, like, their lineups and play to play two opponents. Like, if you run out four guards, all right, like, we can do that. Like, we can run out four guards and go small. But we've got enough bigs where if you're going to play two bigs, we can go big with you. Like, they've just got so – they're so versatile. They're versatile. They're, so they're, much, they're, they're versatile. They're deep. There's a ton of scoring. They're the best coach team in the Big 12. It's uh, it's a team that I, I say really it, Coach Sale. But yeah, no, I mean, you can play it in the locker room, man. Like Chris Beard, I would I would say God, this is going to hurt your feelings. Chris Beard right now is the best coach in America. Oh baby, yeah. You know how I feel about Nate Oates. Well, I love Oates, and I and Coach K was up there, but. Um, I like Chris. I if you if you gave me one game for my life in March. The I man almost won a national championship with Texas Tech. I mean, I know. Like, I mean, you took a program like Texas Tech, you took two or three years, and you literally had one guy. You had Jarrett Culver, and I know they had other good players on that team, but you had one dude who was a legit stud, mm-hmm. and you took him to a national title, and you were a dude slipping and not closing out on a three in the corner by DeAndre Hunter from winning the game. Like, yep. that's just, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you're literally like, and, and the other thing people forget too, Tariq Owens was like his, like, was a big part of that team and he lost him in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played, but he lost like what Tariq Owens was. He was a shell of himself because of that injury. But like, yeah, I mean, Chris yeah. Beard just figures Chris it Beard's out. Chris Beard's the truth. So he figures I, it out. And I, I saw see it. I see it. Yeah. And I think, I think he's built a really solid team around um, in year one in Austin. And that's a fan base that'll get excited if he starts winning. So, and I, you know, I think that Texas is probably, you know, I think it's going to be a tough road to win in Lawrence, but I think against any other team in the big 12 anywhere, I'll take this squad. 
All right, and you're rolling with Texas. Pac-12, you can go ahead. Yeah, I'll lead with UCLA. Uh, they're the favorites win it. And, you know, it's a team that went to the Final Four last year um, and ended up getting beat. They took out Alabama, which really upset me. But <laughs> moving on there, you know, you bring back most of that team. It's going to be Jules Bernard is back. Tiger Campbell's back running the point. Mm-hmm. Juzang's back on the wing. Uh, Hawkins is going to be back. I'm actually pretty low well on this team Hawkins. from a national standpoint. But I think that this team has enough to win the Pac-12. I mean, obviously, but uh, I think this team is going to win the Pac-12. I just am lower on the Pac-12 in general. I mean, if you told me UCLA made a run, would I be surprised? Yes. Would I be shocked? No. I just think this is a team that Mick Cronin kind of lets them do whatever they want on offense, and they kind of just really take a lot of bad shots a lot of the time. So I don't Mm -hmm. love that. because I And that's why I was so stunned when they made a run last year was it was so many contested mid-range, contested end-of-shot clock threes, and, like, it just felt like games that they probably they just they, they were knocking down shots. They just were hot. Yeah, and that's why, like, from a national standpoint, like, the consistency of that, I kind of – and they won a lot of one-possession, two-possession games last year. And it, like, it reminds me of that team in the NFL who, like, ends up having, like, nine games that were one possession, uh, one score games, and they win eight of them. And then the next season, they're, you know, instead of being 13 and three, they're now 10 and six. Right. And so, like, that's to say this team is still going to be really good. But, like, analytically, like, those things are going to bounce the other way at some point. Like, that's just going to be something – you're going to lose a few more of those games. Like – and I mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> tell you it's a skill winning those games. No, it's not. Like literally one possession for your like at one possession games, like it's just a thing. It's it's the flip of a coin. And the yeah. coin landed on UCLA side like eight times. So I agree. I, uh, I, I, I got them winning the, the pack. I'm gonna go ahead and say they'll win the Pac 12 as well. I think Oregon will compete and be right there. Um, you know, I love Dana Altman. Uh Will Richardson's coming back. He's going to be an all-conference guard. He's big time. He's a stud. Uh, we both love Will Richardson. Um, they still have a talented team. It would have helped a lot if they were able to uh, secure Imani Bates. I would have loved to seen Imani at Oregon. But, um, you know, he's at Memphis, and he'll be fine there. But, yeah, I'm rolling with uh, UCLA to win the conference, but I think Oregon will go deeper in the tournament. If you told me the UCLA-Oregon game and Eugene decided the fate of the conference, then I would be like, I might buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I do think UCLA ends up kind of finishing the job there and getting, and getting it done. And I think both teams are pretty high seeds come, uh, come tournament time. I just think UCLA's got a lot more – I say a lot. I think they've got enough talent and a lot more talent than Oregon. Um, but, you know, I think Oregon's a better coach team, so – all right, let's keep things rolling with the SEC. I'm going to go ahead and say Kentucky ekes it out and wins the conference. Uh, Arkansas, they are right there in the mix. Tennessee, they're another team to keep an eye out on. There's several teams in the SEC this year that, you know, that might make some noise. Even, you know, Mississippi State, they look very – they're loaded as well. We'll see how um, they can put all their pieces together with the transfers they have. But I'm going to go ahead and rock with Kentucky. I think Severe Wheeler, he's going to bring something that exactly what this Kentucky roster needed last year, just that that true – he's going to be that true guard that can get everybody involved. They have a lot of pieces, and you have Ty Ty coming in. He's a, a great scorer. 
Um, the, the makings are there for this Kentucky team to have a, a really good season. Do they have like those high end, just crazy recruits? Uh, not this year, next year. It's, it's coming you know, up soon. That's what's crazy is like they kind <laughs> of do. Like Damian Collins was an elite recruit. Like Ty Ty was a highly sought after recruit. I think that they just had such a good year in the portal that we've honestly kind of lost perspective of how good their high school recruiting class was. Like it mm-hmm. was really good. And it, it was really good. It just falls in comparison to what they have coming in. It in comparison season. to A, what they're doing next year, and B, what they've done in years past. But like they just kind of filled needs. Kentucky, again, say it with me. It's a team that can win the national championship. They probably won't, but they can. And, yeah, it's it's a really strong bunch. And they're going to be well coached. And, you know, they're going to be ready for March and they're going to peak at the right time. Calipari has got it down to a science. And they're mm-hmm. going to peak at the right time. And we're probably going to look up and see them in the Elite Eight because they're so deep and they have so many veteran players yeah, who have veterans, done man. that. Yeah. Ellen Grady's Beer played. Wheeler led the SEC in assists. He is Kellen a Grady's dynamic, played basketball. dynamic playmaker. Uh, Kellen Grady's played college basketball since, like, 1996. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's been around for so long that, like, I mean, I'm starting to wonder, like, when is his eligibility actually going to run out? But, oh you know, it's a lot oh, of what's my guy time. from Kansas back in the day? You know who I'm talking about? Who – Perry Somebody, Ellis. Perry, Perry Ellis. Ellis. He's he's our Perry Ellis, yes. He gets the Perry Ellis Award. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then C.J. Frederick is going to bring shooting there. I think that's mm-hmm. one question you had about them. That is a question I have about them. Why well, I'm not sure, like, I, why I don't have them in the Final Four for myself. Is, yeah, uh, three. it's three guys. They'll have three guys that have already shot north of 38% in college, and Grady, Ty, Ty or not Ty, Ty, he's a freshman, duh. Grady, uh, Frederick, and – I don't remember who the other one was, but um, it's another transfer. Or no, Dante mm-hmm. Allen. Dante Allen. There it is. Got it. Boom. Um, yeah, so they've got three guys who have shot it well before. But, I mean, and Ty Ty is one that we think can shoot. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't always translate right away. So, one of those things we're going to have to wait and see. But it's a really talented bunch, and rightfully the favorites won the SEC. All right, let's keep it rolling. We hit on the, the big dogs, top conferences. I didn't pick Kentucky to win the conference. I'm giving my pick. Oh, baby, I thought you were rolling with uh, Kentucky. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm actually going to Fayetteville. I'm going to take Arkansas. Mm. And I like Kentucky's roster a lot, but I think I like Arkansas's better because I like the depth. Of, I'm going to say I like the depth of the guards. I like the guard play. Guard, um, man. And I like the fact that they're going to get up and down and be able to score. And that's questions I always have about Kentucky teams is how are they handle games like that? And I don't know how well this team would handle a game like that. But Arkansas is having to replace Moses Moody, which is an obvious huge loss. But they filled that that void to an extent through quantity in the transfer portal. So Chris Likes is coming in for Miami, and that's another guy who's a Perry Award candidate. Facts. Who uh, preseason – he was preseason All-ACC first team last year, had an ankle injury in game two. It was out for the year. We didn't see him again. But dating back to 1920, he was a 15, 16 point per game scorer. And we'll have to see how he bounces back off the ankle. But I've kind of. And when he says dating back to 1920, he doesn't mean 1920. He means 2019, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then all, and then you bring in Stanley Umude from South Dakota, 
who was 21, 22 points a game last year and averaged 21 a game in conference games, which mm-hmm. was top 10. And both marks were top 10 in the NCAA. So when you bring in a bucket like that, like, you know, you're going to be able to have guards back there that can score. And then you have, I believe, SEC six man of the year, J.D. and uh, Note. And yes. I think he's going to make the jump and be a big part of this team. I think he's a all-conference guy in the end, at the end of the year. I think that's Love a guy Note. that you can rely on a lot. Uh, you know, Connor Vanover. Connor Vanover, yeah, and then Connor Vanover's got a year in the weight room. Uh, he's already got the height and the size, so he's going to get a year in the weight room to uh, to kind of bulk up and become that true rim protector that they can use in the back end. And then you've got Jalen Williams, who's just the ultimate motor, like motor player, glue guy, going to give you a little bit of everything. You know, I think you could argue this Arkansas team was really good last year. I think you could argue this roster is better. Um and I think that this is a team that's slightly deeper. Yeah, they're 25 to 1, 30 to 1 to win the national title right now. And I think that's that's like if you were going to take that, I wouldn't talk you out of it. Uh, I don't have them in the final four, but it's a team that has that national championship upside that's a little bit further down the food chain that nobody's talking about really. And mm-hmm. then Muslim, you know, Muslim's going to have them ready to go come March. Uh, and, you know, that at Nevada with the Martin twins, there were some questions about whether or not he could win in the big tournament. I think last year he proved he's fully capable of doing that. So I, that was a that was a big thing for me. And, yeah, I like this team to win the SEC. I like their upside. All right. OK, OK. Now we can transition forward. Now we can let's, the mid-majors. let's talk a little bit of a couple of mid-majors um, for time purposes. Let's hit on a few, a couple of them. I'll let you go ahead and hit on one more. Oh, well, hit on your first one. Yeah, so I'll start with Colorado State. Uh, they bring back everybody of relevance. Um, coaching staff is all still there. Mm-hmm. So everybody's there. They're a team that just missed the tournament last year. Uh, so it's just, you know, continuity and outside, and they were already score- They were already scoring. It just, uh, it just took a little while last year for them to get going. I think it's a squad that has things figured out going into this year. Nico Medved's one of the upcoming – young coaches in college basketball that's going to eventually lead a huge I say I I won't be surprised if he's out of there soon (laughs) no yeah no absolutely and uh, Isaiah Stevens is back Roddy's back so we've got a few dudes there that are you know coming back I mean everybody's back so and it's a team that will be tested early they've got Oral Roberts in game two they've got an early season tournament where they may end up matched up with Colorado they go on the road to play St. Mary's. They get Mississippi State at neutral site, Tulsa at neutral site. They're going on the road to play Alabama, who's another SEC contender. So they're going to be tested early. And I think by by the time Mountain West play rolls around, I think that's something that's going to pay off. I kind of expect San Diego State to take a step back without Matthew Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they lost a few guys there. And then Utah State obviously lost Craig Smith um, at the head coaching spot. He took the Utah job. So I think that – Colorado State has every opportunity in the world here to take the step. They only lost they only lost the conference by one game last year. So I think they have every opportunity in the world to take the step. And uh, It's and all lined up in their favor. It's all lined up perfectly for them. And it's a squad that's ready to take the next step, I think. And it's one that we're going to keep an eye on early on for sure because of all those impactful non-conference games. So Thanks. Nevada's another one that you're going to have to keep an eye on out west and – but I think Colorado State, with that continuity, probably has a little bit, a little bit of an edge over Steve Alford's bunch right now. Okay, I'm rolling with another state team. This one in Missouri, though. I'm rocking with Missouri State. Uh, I think they bring back some, a couple of key guys that you know, really going to make some noise this year. And 
the thing that really sold me with this team last year against teams that weren't Drake or Loyola Chicago, they were, uh, I believe, 17 and two in those games. They just went 0 5 against Drake and, and Loyola and Sister Jean. They couldn't beat Sister Jean. But this year, yeah. <laughs> uh, Loyola Chicago, they lose a couple key pieces. Um, Drake is losing some key guys. I don't expect them to go 0 and 5 in those games when they match up. I expect them to go maybe two and two or even a three and two if they meet them in the conference tournament. So I'm expecting them to make that next step. They bring back Gage Prim, another Perry Ellis, uh, another candidate for the Perry Ellis Award, uh, someone who's been in school forever. He's a possible player of the year candidate in the uh, MVC. You also have uh, Isaiah Mosley. He's somebody that's a very talented guard, has good size, 6'5". I expect him and to be a, a quiet player. 20 points per game guy, like a really, really quiet 20 points per game. It was like 19.6, yes. 19.8. Yes. Like he, I think they had the season that I expect him to have. He's going to make some noise nationally. Like he's going to become a household name. People, Yeah, he could end up like this is Max Acemas or something like that. Exactly, exactly. Um, you also have Jamonte Black. Uh, Demarcus Sharp, other guards. You love guards. They have the guards. Walter. Yeah, they've got the guards, and they've got that. And they and they're gonna they're not gonna lose many rebounding battles with uh, Gage Brown. Exactly. Yeah, that's a grown man down there, literally. Um, so I'm rocking with Missouri State. I think they have a great chance to win the NBC. I think they're gonna make some noise. So uh, definitely be on the lookout. So I'll go West Coast further east and come to Tennessee, and I'm gonna go to Nashville with Belmont. Went 26 and four last year, got upset by Moorhead State in the Ohio Valley Conference title game. So I think a lot of people soured on this team because of that, even though they were really, really good last year. They bring back everybody of significance. Nick Musinski's back, Luke Smith's back, Kobe Wood back, Grayson Murphy back, Ben Shepard back, Caleb Hollander back. And every guy that I just listed averaged more than 9.3 points per game. It's another team that's going to be tested early, and I like that. They get LSU and St. Louis early. They also are going to play Drake early on out of the Grand Valley. LSU's a brand new team. Yeah, and they're going to they're gonna get tested, though, against some of those Power 5 NCAA tournament caliber teams, uh, which is good for them because they typically shy away from that. Mm-hmm. But also you kind of look at the Ohio Valley, and I think it might, as a conference, take a little bit of a step back. Terry Taylor's not at Austin P anymore, and that's one that was always a tough game for them. They were a contender. Uh, Moorhead's year was kind of last year. Mm-hmm. So, And Murray State, you know, is always going to contend, but I don't even know that that roster is capable of keeping up with this Belmont roster that's just completely loaded. Like, I mean, it's all of last year's team. Musinski is another one. He's been around since John Morant was playing at Murray State. So they, I mean, it's a squad that's absolutely loaded. It's a team that's going to make some noise. Josh is in his, what, third year in the NBA? Yeah, this could be, and this <laughs> could be like a Wichita State type year for Belmont, like where they beat some good teams in the, in the non-con and they're and they're a high seed because of it. Like it may be a team that's playing a lower seed as opposed to being a Belmont where they're typically like an 11 seed, 12 seed, 10 seed playing against a team that's a higher seed. I think this may be a Belmont team that can only lose two or three games throughout the course of the regular season and end up as a really high seed. Let's hope they don't get robbed and turn into an eight seed like that Wichita State team was that balled out and end up having to play. <clears throat> was that Kentucky they played in the tournament when they were well, Wichita eight. State was undefeated and was a one seed but they ran into an eight seed Kentucky that's what it was Kentucky and Kentucky went on to play for the national championship against UConn and Shabazz Napier and UConn beat them yeah Wichita State I kind of did dirty that that year congratulations you play Kentucky as an eight seed yeah so um so yeah I I, I like that pick uh we also agree we both 
uh, brought up UAB. Andy Kennedy, man, he's brought in the transfers. And that's one thing that man can do is recruit. He can recruit. He's brought in the transfers, brought in some old Miss talent. KJ Buffin making a move over there. Uh, let's see, with Jamal Johnson from Auburn, Jelly Walker, Tulane, uh, Justin Brown. I mean, this, this the list goes on and on. The guys, yeah, that's coming there. Josh LeBlanc at LSU, and then I know I think a key thing there is that they actually bring back four of their top six scores. So it's not like they're completely piecing this thing together. They're just adding to what they already had last year, and last year's bunch was twenty-two and seven. So mm-hmm. they ran, you know, Charles Bassey and Western Kentucky were a tough out in that conference. Um, North Texas obviously got hot at the right time. Uh, so they, it was a conference that was fairly loaded uh, with Hamlet at North Texas last year. Mm-hmm. And I think this year that conference, again, Bassey's gone, Hamlet's gone. So I think UAB has a chance to step up and take take control of that conference. I would say, I'd honestly yeah, take a step and say, I would honestly go far enough to say an, anything but an NCAA appearance for UAB would be a disappointment. Well, I I would think so when you have the caliber of transfers. These are some power five or power six guys that are coming in, you know. Yeah, and he transferred and he transferred Trey Jamison from Clemson the year before and he's back this year. So I mean you've got I mean you have four you have four power five players just off the top of my head or power six players off the top of my head. And I mean it's a it's a group of guys that should make the NCAA tournament. It's year two in Andy Kennedy's system. So there's going to, I think they've got a strong shot at making a, making a run and being like a 12 seed that nobody wants to play. I agree. All right. That's going to wrap things up on your end. Anybody else want to mention? Yeah, I'll, and I'll go and I'll go real quick with these two. Uh, So I've got St. Bonaventure written down just a typical St. Bonaventure team completely like complete from a uh, guard play and post standpoint. They've got a lot of dudes who are going to do a lot of scoring, uh, they've got, let me see, one, two, three, four guys that have averaged over 10 points per game. They've got a rim protector transfer out of Pitt and Abdul Kareem uh, Kulabali. So they've got a couple of guys there that are going to be really good. Kyle Lofton's back. Welch is back. Uh, mm-hmm. The Miami of Ohio transfer is Attaway. He's good. Uh, they have the weight transfer in Quadre Adams, who's a redshirt freshman. He was fairly sought after as a recruit. So if he can take a step. Uh, then that's a big thing for them. Jaron Holmes is back for St. Bonaventure. It's going to be a, it's going to be the bulk of the team that challenged LSU in the NCAA tournament last year is going to be back. And then UCSB lost to Corey McLaughlin, but returned five of their top seven scores from a team that was 22 and five and lost on a buzzer beater at the end of that game mm-hmm. uh, against Brayton in the first round. Uh, but they have, they had Kelvin Wishart from Georgia Southern and Zach Harvey from Cincy and Zach Harvey was a top 50 recruit nationally. So there's talent there to tap into uh, and they're well coached. So those are the last two I had. Those two teams will make some noise too, I think, early. Uh, the Bonnies. Well, the will make some noise out west in the Big West. Probably be them and UC Irvine contending for that conference again for the one bid. I like the Bonnies. Uh, that's the team you mentioned, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament last year. You can't underrate that experience. Even if it was one game, you can't underrate that. So uh, well, it's going to be, and they're going to be challenged. They may not be challenged in the non-conference with a bunch of Power Six schools, but they are going to be challenged in the A10 because the A10 is deep and really good. Buy or sell? You know what? This is going to expose a little bit of of our predictions here with this buy or sell question. You buying or selling UCLA as a national title contender? Uh, I'm selling. I'm selling. I think it's a Sweet 16 team. Uh, 
I think it's a Sweet 16 team. I think some things that bounced their way in the regular season are probably not going to bounce their way again this year. Uh, I think it's probably a team that finds a five, four seed by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And a team that probably runs into a better team come Sweet 16. Uh, Sweet 16 time, maybe even round of 32 if they're a four paired with a five or something, or a hot 12 or something like that. Okay, okay. I'm going to go sell as well on them. And Memphis winning the American. I yeah. will buy that. Yeah, and I think you could have doubts because I think everybody's like, well, yeah, duh. Like, they have Duran, they have Bates. People forget Houston made the Final Four last year. Like, that's still – and it's a really good roster, again, for uh, Kelvin Sampson, and he knows what he's doing. And if you had the take that you didn't think Penny was capable of, you know, coaching a team up and and raising their level to be elite, I would probably, like, be like, okay, like, I can understand that. I don't agree, but I can understand it. So, but I'll buy it. I mean, I think they're the best team on paper early on. I think Houston's going to give them everything they want, though. All right. Drew Timmy, buying or selling him, winning National Player of the Year. I'll cautiously buy. I Again, I think that it's going to end up being – it could end up being a guard, and, like, we don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, Dude. what's up, Mr. Guard guy? Buying buying on the big man, winning Natty, or the National Player of the Year? I'll call, I, I said cautiously buy. Jaden Ivey, maybe. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, Drew Timmy was one of the best bigs in the game last year. He's coming back. The handlebar is going to be back. So, we'll see. It's He's going to play on a team that's going to be a number one seed at the end of the year. He's going to put up monster number, numbers and probably facilitate everything for them. Even with Chet Holmgren there, he's yeah, going to kind yeah. of still be the go-to Nimhard, guy. Nimhard's so. A hooper. I mean, I think, yeah, and we kind of did Gonzaga a disservice. Like, and when we talked about mid majors, like Memphis and Gonzaga, Memphis and Gonzaga and Houston are obvious contenders. We kind of left them out. The whole mid major segment. The point of that is to, you know, spread those not, not talk about guys that not talk about teams y'all already know are gonna be. Yeah, yeah, we already yeah. know what Gonzaga and Memphis are gonna. Yeah, do. and so, I, but anyway, I mean, to Gonzaga's success goes without saying, and so Drew Timmy as Player of the Year is something I can cautiously buy. Although I don't know that, I think a guard probably wins it at the end of the year, but I'll cautiously buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I mean, we kind of hit on this before too with your prediction. Uh, Arkansas, buy or sell, best team in the SEC. I know you're buying that. Yeah, obviously buying there, yeah. Uh, and I'm selling, going with Kentucky, going with Big Blue. So, uh, holla at your boy, Big Blue Nation. And let's see. I believe, do we have another – you have another buy or sell that you want to hit on? Um, I mean, we did, yeah. But, again, since we gave predictions, uh, another one that we had written down was Michigan is the team to beat in the Big Ten. Oh, yeah, and we already hit on that basically with our predictions. Yeah. I mean, I'm buying that in – yeah, you're buying that. And you're honestly, I'll buy it. Too. Like, if you wanted to say, like, I mean, I think Purdue wins it, and that's my pick. But if you wanted to tell me that Michigan is the team to beat and they're the favorite, like, yeah, I'll buy that. They're the mm-hmm. favorite. Player. Yeah, but I'll take I talk to my talk. That leads into our final four predictions. Uh, I will go ahead and give mine. Um, I'm rocking with Michigan. I'm rocking with the Zags. Yeah. <sighs> this is – I'm rocking with Kansas. And this is where it gets tough, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go with Memphis. I'm gonna go with Memphis. It's Kansas it's so, is on the fly. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm gonna go ahead and stick with Memphis. Uh, man, it's it's tough for me to pass up and not say Memphis because 
when you look at this team, they are going to be so freakishly long all over the court. Their defense is going to be ridiculous. They're going to defend at a high level and just get points off the transition, off the break. I know they don't have a true point guard, and that might come, that might expose them when it gets to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, that they don't have a true point guard that's going to, that's going to run the show because Imani's going to be doing a lot of point forward play. He's going to be the guy running the offense, and he's a natural scorer, not necessarily a natural playmaker for everybody else, a natural facilitator. But damn it, they just too freaking talented, man. I can't, I can't do it. I cannot pass up on picking them to make it to the Final Four. I, I don't have them winning the national championship, but I do think, especially with the, the player Imani is, I just I'm gonna go ahead and and buy in on the talent. They make the Final Four. Duke was right there. I wanted to say Duke. I would love to see Duke make it. I'm just I can't I can't pick them, but I want to. Uh, they hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll I'll walk in here. Mine's gonna look different. Uh, Gonzaga. We agree on that. Yeah, Michigan. I have them in the final four. That's how close okay. the Michigan thing is. Okay, Purdue okay. Is but Purdue is also going. Purdue <laughs> is going to be there. Two Big Ten teams are going to be there in Texas. So it's just we're on the other sides of the coin here. You know, I have yeah. Kansas. You have Texas. And um, I don't have Memphis. <laughs> don't have Memphis. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Texas. Yeah. Um, well, or I've got – I guess I've got Purdue technically. Yeah, Purdue. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Gonzaga and Michigan both consensus final four teams for if us. If I come back on here in two weeks and say, yeah, I'm swapping Duke out for Memphis, don't be surprised. Probably. Those are the two teams I, I go back and forth on. I think Duke is going to – like, it's part of that Coach K's last run. And I just love the talent of Apollo and, and AJ. I just – I think AJ is going to be – Amazing. I can't wait to see him play. So, national championship game. National championship game, man, the winner. Okay. Michigan. You want me to go first? I'll go ahead and go first. I'll go ahead and go first. I have Michigan and the Zags playing each other. Uh, that's going to be one hell of a game. In Michigan, the Wolverines bring home the national championship. Hurt. I'm about to. So when I tell, when I say mine, people are gonna like slam on their car brakes. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Texas. Ugh. They're gonna get there and they're gonna play Purdue. Oh baby, Purdue's winning the game. <laughs> Purdue's winning the chip. They're winning the whole thing. Oh, that's crazy. We really on two sides and like I literally, I can't believe I picked Matt Painter to beat Chris Beard. But I did. I, I've got Purdue. Yeah, did you uh, take a shot or two before we recorded this podcast? No, but I'm probably going to have to take one after since I picked it. <laughs> but, yeah, I think – I just think I love I love what Purdue's got built. I think that Jaden Ivey takes the next step. I think they're going to be really good on defense. They're so deep. They're so big. Um, and I know Texas has a lot of the same qualities. It's just – I think – what separated Purdue from Texas for me, Purdue has a guard that can take over a game and win it. And I mm -hmm. don't know that Texas right now does. I think that Purdue can be multiple and win a lot of different ways. You trust Jaden Ivey to take over a game more right now. I trust Jaden Ivey to take over a game more than I trust Marcus Carr because I haven't seen Marcus Carr when the lights are on. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've seen him in the regular season. I know he's played really well and he's had huge games and whatever else. I just trust Jaden Ivey more right now. And also I trust Travion Williams to get the better of the transfer bigs of Texas. So I like their roster a little bit more. I know when the odds, they're right around the same, like they're graded mm-hmm. out about the same. I think if you had a line on the game, it would be like one and like either side wouldn't shock me. But I think from a roster standpoint right now, I'll take uh, I'll take Purdue. It really, really hurt me not putting Arkansas in there. Like I really wanted to. I just I, – I, I couldn't do it. I feel it. I feel I it. I, and, and listen, I may change that when we come back and revisit this around Christmas uh, and talk and make predictions again or whatever. Yeah. Like I may come back and be like, you know what? Saw enough from Arkansas when they beat like Central Connecticut State by 80 to put them in the Final Four. So when Caleb Houston is out here going crazy and putting up multiple like 20 plus point games for Michigan night after night, you'll come around. You'll come around to the light. Well, no, listen, like again, like I think, and I would have to look at the schedule as to who Purdue has. But it's going to take something really, really, really substantial for me to, like, be like, yeah, that team's not going to be in the Elite Eight. That team's not going to be in the Final Four. And, like, I don't even think they really mm-hmm. open with anybody, like, that crazy. Like, I mean, they played first big game, November 20th, circle the date, 4 o'clock. It's a Saturday. Purdue and North Carolina. Circle it. Okay. Purdue's going to beat the brakes off of them. Oh, they should. Okay, they're, they're the more experienced Big Ten, Big Ten ACC Challenge, 10 days later, Purdue, Florida State, in West Lafayette. That'll be a fun we'll game. Get we're going to get them tested early. We'll That's see. That's going to be a fun game. Definitely, definitely. All right, you heard it here. I have Michigan Gonzaga. I have Michigan. Coach, Coach Howard bringing home the national championship to Michigan. And Walker has Texas taking on Purdue. Wow. The Boilermakers. Yeah. Bring home the gold. Matt Painter gets it done finally, and I'll get off his back. If he lets me down with this team, I'm never letting I'm never giving him another chance. <laughs> All right, man. It's, it's gonna be a, a great year, a great season. We're just getting started. This is the first episode. Much more to come later on. You know uh where to follow us. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Walker at Walker Bailey eight. That's correct. All right. And then mine is Chris underscore Bolton underscore 12. Uh, be sure to just, you know, stay in touch with us. We'll always be tweeting. We're going to be all over this college basketball season. This is what we do. This is what we love. So appreciate you checking out the first episode. Much more to come. Be sure to tune in later on this week. We'll have an interview for you guys. You're going to love that. But for now, wrapping things up, episode one of One Shining Podcast. I'm Chris Bolton. He's Walker Bailey. We're out.